You're listening to Jamie D and Big Newt on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He is Big Chris Newton, and we come at you every single week during football season to talk all things Buffalo Bills. And here we are ready to talk about the Buffalo Bills final roster decisions, the ins and outs, how these decisions were made, and whether or not we agree. Big Newt, I love you, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. I'm sorry we weren't here last week. We had tef- technical difficulties um, in the studios. And when I say studios, I mean my son's bedroom and you were probably out in the kitchen somewhere. Aren't you? <laughs> I actually have an office. <laughs> oh, okay. You got an office. <laughs> you know, last time, we were, well, it was this time last year. Uh, we celebrated our one-year anniversary. Now it's two years. Two wow. years this week, we started the Jamie D. Big News Show, man. So let's get a round of calls. Hey, hey, woo. Hey, woo. Yeah, two years, man. So yeah, this time last year, we was out in your dining room at your at your dining room table. So now you got an office. So you stepped yeah. up in the world last year. Well, I, I definitely think so. I definitely think so. Now, <laughs> I have a built-in desk and did even back then, but it really wasn't going to fit two people. And frankly, I'm not sure it would have fit you. Just say that. Just say that. <laughs> you say they'll fit two regular people, but yeah, it just wouldn't have fit you, Newt. Okay, I, I, I get it. That's fine. That's fine. I, I'm not coming from a place of hate, I promise. I know you're not, man. It's all good. But all if right. walking, and we're walking on U Street in the middle of the night, you want me with you. You just don't want me to sit, sit at your collapsible desk. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I know my role. I get it. Okay. Yes, you are my protection and my street cred all wrapped up into one. <laughs> but also my good buddy who I do want around. Yeah, for sure, man. So like I said, I apologize for us not being here last week. We had a great show too, man. So <laughs> you all, the world would never hear it because your end didn't uh, register. So uh, we had some yeah. good topics, man. So a lot has happened the last two weeks and my birthday was Saturday, celebrated that, you know, I'm getting AARP messages and emails and stuff now, and got to schedule my colonoscopy and all those things that happen when you turn 49, almost 50. Dude, I've got, I've got mine coming up a week from today. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I have to get one once I turn 50, the insurance won't take care of it until I turn 50, so maybe oh, really? earlier, yeah. Well, we have different insurance. (laughs) Mine was all too thrilled to put me through that. Well, I think I think it's because of my weight. They like you got to wait till you're fifty. I think if I was a normal sized person, I could get in at forty five. I think so. I don't understand why that would make a difference, but okay. Yeah. Is that colonoscopy? Is that am I saying the right thing? Colonoscopy. Yeah, you know the things that us old people deal with yeah, that yeah. the majority of our listeners cannot in any way relate to, and are like, "What is wrong with these old guys?" Yeah, yeah. So, quick story: <laughs> my father-in-law is one of the funniest people alive because, well, he doesn't try to be. It's because he'll go days at a time without speaking. He grunts a little bit, but he doesn't say words. It's like Chester. <laughs> his name is Chester. Also, it's like Chester. Use your words, like. Eh. Um. But every once in a while, he comes out with a story, and he is not a good storyteller. And half the time, he like begins in the middle of a thought. But this one was great. We're with him. He hasn't spoken in probably like six hours over the course of the day. And then, what does he say? So, I just finished up with my colonoscopy. 
Like, we're like, what? Where is this going? And the nurse walks in and says, well, what's wrong? He said, what? She said, you look like there's something wrong. And my wife said, that's just what he looks like. <laughs> and we're dying laughing. We're like, Chester, why? Why did we have to hear that? Well, now the rest of you did too, because Misery and Joy's company. <laughs> Old Chester. Oh, I love it. <laughs> You'd love Chester. I bet I would. I bet I would. Looking forward to meeting old Chester. So, buddy, it looks like we know what the Buffalo Bills' final roster is, and we have a pretty good idea of what all of the roster shenanigans are going to be to get people through to the injured reserve. And there's a few players in particular I want to talk about, and I want to hear your thoughts. I want to discuss O.J. Howard, Isaiah Hodgins, and Raheem Blackshear. Let's start with OJ Howard. Did you see any way in which that guy was going to not make the team? No. I think we came out with our predictions. We both had him making it solidly. I mean, he was on he was on a team friendly deal um one year. I mean, so we took a flyer and it just didn't work out. But um I think with the emergence of Morris, that helped uh lead the way to the fact that we didn't need uh OJ Howard's uh services anymore. Now, I'm, I could say I'm very surprised. Nothing shocks me, but I'm very surprised by this because they basically, between his guaranteed salary and his signing bonus, accounts for $3.1 million. They are out $3 million now. They will never get that back. It counts against the salary cap. They had to pay him actual money in order for this to happen. I didn't see how you could let him go, no matter how much you wanted Quentin Morris on the team. And frankly, I really wanted Quentin Morris on the team. Mm -hmm. It surprises me that O.J. Howard was let go. Why does it surprise you? It's not your money. But it counts against the salary cap. <laughs> I'm joking, man. I'm, I'm setting up a joke, man. I'm just messing with you. You, know, <laughs> okay. you act like the people at McDonald's that don't want to give you extra sauces. And they be like, no, you don't get extra sauces. Why? It ain't yours. What difference does it make? <laughs> give me the dang of extra sauce. That's how you sound right now. It's not your money. Pagoulas, $3 million for the Pagoulas, man. That's a drop. That's like $20 to us. They don't, right. Nobody who cares. You worry too much about that stuff, man. I, I do. I get really hung up on the team finances. You do. <laughs> buddy, you act like you took it out of your pocket. Like Bill's Mafia had to contribute it to something, man. Gee, like you had uh, to raise the money or something. Right. Good Lord. So, no, I'm just joking. Man. I'm, it, um, it was, it was clearly a bad sign that OJ Howard was playing the final snaps of the preseason games, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it was very telling that against Denver, when Josh Allen was on the field for six snaps, Quentin Morris was on the field for every single one of those. It mm-hmm. looks like he went from an undrafted free agent to the practice squad last year to the Bills' number two tight end number this year. Guy. To number two, yeah. Very quickly. He ascended quickly, yeah. How did that happen, man? I couldn't tell you, man. Who would have thunk it? And once again, going back to that... I, I understand what you're saying. When you're looking at predictions, you look at people's contracts to make a prediction of whether or not they're going to make it. So I understand that. But yeah, I mean, when we talked about the second preseason game, he was the first person in, man, in the tight end position. So I guess, he, I mean, he's been practicing well and undrafted free agent, 
don't cost much. I mean, you need that, man, because we're trying to put money together, save it up for um, Odell Beckham. So we need it. (laughs) (laughs) And when camp started, O.J. Howard was anointed the number two. Like, there was no question in anybody's mind that he was making the team or that he was going to be the number two tight end on the roster. Mm -hmm. This is a massive fall from grace for this guy. Yeah. And you could tell in his athleticism that it was somewhat lacking. He was a good blocker, a strong guy, doesn't really seem like he can run. Yeah. And that's where Quentin Morris is very different. The guy seems to be very sudden in his movements and extremely aggressive in the way he blocks on running plays. I loved it. Now, does it surprise you at all that Tommy Sweeney has made the team? It doesn't surprise. Well, yeah, if you could, yeah, because if you look at it in an isolated situation, I would have thought that OJ would have made it, and Tommy Sweeney would have been the first person on the chopping block. So, if you look at the depth chart now, then you would think Dawson Knox, Quentin, I mean, from the uh, preseason, Quentin Morris, and then Tommy Sweeney third, or mm-hmm. do you think Tommy Sweeney still second? No, I think he's third. Okay. okay. So it's as if. O.J. Howard dropped to number four on the depth chart behind Tommy Sweeney, a seventh-round draft pick, mm-hmm. and an undrafted free agent. That that's, That is surprising. Yeah. Yeah, it's surprising he can't be good enough to be undrafted guys. But, yeah, I, I will say, though, I would make a prediction that I think he'll get picked up. He'll get picked up because he has a name. He was a first-round pick. Right. Right. He'll get picked up. So yeah. it's not like he's going to be out of the league. I think he'll get picked up. But Buffalo will not be that team. Nope. But that's what happens, And man. just imagine, $3 million to get cut plus $1 million veteran minimum salary on another team, $4 million to probably be a backup yeah. one season. Yeah. I wish I could fail like that. I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. So let's talk about the receiver room. Isaiah Hodgins, whiteout, had a good camp. People loved Isaiah Hodgins. A lot of people were ready to write off Jake Kummerow and his in his special team stylings. How are you feeling about this situation? I, w- I wish we could have kept him. Why? I liked Hodgins. I like his size. I like what he did in the preseason. I like him. Wish we could have kept him. It is, I'm not mad about it. It's just, you know, hey, I wish we could have kept him, you know, and if that would have been – but we said the whole time, though, it's going to – can he contribute to special teams? And Jay Kumaro can. So that's the difference maker. Also, Khalil Shakir has done – not only he's a draft pick, but he's done enough to make the team. So right. Isaiah has – I mean, it was just a numbers game. So, it really was. And Sal Capaccio tweeted that, his issue on special teams is he just didn't seem strong enough at the point of attack. So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't going to be like a one-for-one one if you were to cut Jake Kummerow, who clearly excels as a gunner. He's great. He's great at it. He plays on all four units on special teams. He's he's outstanding at what he does. He's not a great receiver. Now, there's a lot of people out there saying, I would sacrifice the special teamer to get a receiver on the team. But to that, I would say, I would challenge that. And I would say, Isaiah Hodgins is very good at making contested catches. But isn't that quite possibly the problem? 
Is it that he doesn't get enough separation that he has to make contested catches? Yeah, and you noted that throughout the preseason. You like he makes yeah. good catches, got good side, but he don't get the separation, and that could have been what that did him in. And um, with that size, was he making any catches above his head? Was he using his body to box the defenders out? Hold on, I'm reading the text right now. <laughs> Eli Wall at Eli Wall number seven tweeted Hodges may have been fighting for the number one receiver uh, during the Robert Foster Kelvin Benjamin season. <laughs> we look at our receivers back then. He might he might very well have. Oh my God, Deontay That's Thompson. True. But Deontay Thompson is doing well. He's with uh Pittsburgh, right? It's Deontay Johnson. Johnson. So no, okay, that's not Deontay. That's a Thompson. different guy. Okay. Yeah. Mario- pretty much everybody on that team is out of the league now. Every every receiver on that team is out of the league. Ray Ray McLeod. Oh no, he's he's still around. He's with Pittsburgh. Zay Jones, Andre Holmes, Robert Foster, Kevin Benjamin. These were our these were our wide receivers. Okay, I'm totally yeah. wrong about all of them being out of the league. Yeah, that's why I'm like, hold on, I'm looking league. at this list, and I'm like, and you guys, excuse me, I, I, when 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 uh, Jamie's talking, I'm studying, looking at the Twitter file to make sure you know that we have any breaking news. So he tweeted that, so they caught my attention. Yeah, these guys, yeah, Deontay Thompson, uh, Cam Phillips, Isaiah McKenzie, Ray Ray McLeod, Zay Jones, Andre Holmes, Robert Foster, Kelvin Benjamin. He very well would have been wide receiver number one back in that day, huh? Yeah. That is so funny to me. <laughs> That's oh, a riot. Man. Now, That's so funny. there's oh, only, only so many footballs to go around. So who do the Bills have at receiver now? You have you have Diggs, Davis, Shakir, Crowder. Crowder was always going to make the team. McKenzie. McKenzie. That's five guys right there. And then Jake Kummer. That's it. Jake Kummer. Would would Hodgins been able to push any of the guys that I mentioned to the bench? I don't think I don't think so. I don't think so either. Even though we like to see him, no. No. Yeah. It's no, I don't think so. It comes down to numbers, right? I, I'm sure they wanted to keep him. Right. And it comes down to numbers and it comes down to the fact that we're a good team. It, it yeah. sucks. Like ten years ago, it didn't matter who we cut. We wouldn't be having hard discussions because it didn't matter. We didn't have a lot of good players. No, we now had we, players on the team that couldn't have possibly made rosters for the playoff teams. Yeah, yeah, and we just laughed about it. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been our number one receiver back back when. So that's part of it, you know. You don't laugh, you cry. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Isaiah Hodges, I don't I don't believe he's going to go on and be an all-pro player. But could he could he, he he's I feel like he's going to make somebody's team. Will he make somebody act roster possibly? Mhm. You know, not do I think he's going to be all-pro or anything like that? I, I, I don't know about all that now. I wouldn't say that. If he did, that would be a, you know, that would be uh, but there's know, fantastic. That would be, you know, but I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. There's got to be a QB, or I'm sorry, a wide receiver needy team out there that has space on the roster for him. Even if he's not a starter, somebody can put him on the 53. Which begs the question: If the Bills invite him back to the practice squad, would he even accept at this point? I doubt it. 
We were talking about that on our <laughs> we were talking about that on our pod text line. So all the guys that got a pod uh pod with uh Buffalo Runners were all on a text line and we were talking about it. I think at this point he probably won't. No, yeah, probably, I, I, I feel like he needs he probably feeling like he needs a fresh start to move on. Probably. Cause because you gotta look at it. We we're drafting people in front of him now. Yes. You know, yeah, so that Khalil Shakir selection must have yeah. really shook him. Like, why would you draft a guy? That could have been my spot. Yeah. So obviously and, and he and like the thing, he played well. So it ain't like you know, like, oh dang, I just didn't I mean he played well. So maybe and he works hard, according yeah. to everybody, and they love him in the locker room, and they still can't find a place and it's on the still roster. Ain't enough. If that's the case, then you 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 could have just not drafted Shakur and let him get that spot. We could have used that. What was Shakur? Fifth round? Fifth? Yes, I think somewhere in there. Let's they traded up fifth. in the fifth round. Yeah, so we could have got another lineman or something we needed. Mm-hmm. You know, but we go with value, and we got best player available, so that knocks him off the list. Right. Right. Well, um, I hope he lands on his feet. I, I honestly hope he makes it back to the Bills practice squad because if there is an injury, they could use him. I agree. That would be great. But yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's one of the pitfalls of being a good team, man. <laughs> He'll probably oh, go to the Giants. God. He'll probably go to the Giants. Giants going to pick up all our scraps. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm that's true. I'm not yeah, going to call them scraps, but they're going to pick up all our guys. <laughs> <laughs> they are. It's gonna be. It's gonna be just like what the Bills did with former Carolina Panthers exactly. when McDermott exactly. first got to the Bills. Right. You know, you have to. It don't even mean anything about talent. It's just the fact I'm familiar with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go with the devil. You know, is the exactly. saying. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I love that. Good job. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm gonna use that one. Oh, definitely use it. It's it's true. People always default to familiarity, even if it is a far worse situation than what they're already in, which may be why Isaiah Hodgins actually chooses to resign with the Bills practice squad because he likes it there because he, he knows it. Anyway, let's move on. All right. couple of running backs that are not making the team that I have to say looked good in preseason, Raheem Blackshear and Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson played a lot better than I expected him to. I know Duke Johnson got cut this morning. Did Blackshear get cut also? Blackshear was not on the practice field today. Mm, but did he get cut? Is it a parking lot? It won't be a parking lot thing? Wouldn't be a parking lot thing. You have to be a vested veteran that does not have to pass through the waivers system. Good job. Way to know the rules. Good job. Yes. If you have right. fewer than uh, four years of experience... Uh, you are not considered a vested veteran, which means the other teams have the right to select you, and you have to go to that team if they select you off the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. If you are a vested veteran, that means you are simply released, and you are now a free agent to do whatever the hell you want. You can sign with a practice squad, even if another team wants to sign you to the active roster. I don't know why you would do that, but still, you could. Mm-hmm. Now... I bring this up because people loved them some Raheem Blackshear. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I like him. I, I like him too. But but man, you know how we are, man. We are factuated with running backs in the preseason, bro. 
We think Always. that every running back, the dude from overseas that broke the 90-yard run, man, oh, he got to make the team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, oh, you don't think he can play? We can fit him in? I mean, so uh, even around draft time, I mean, I, I, I'm a dude that played fullback in college. I mean, running backs are a dime a dozen, man. You can find good running backs. So I hate to say that and be disrespectful to the position, but you can. So. You can have True. five good running backs, and you're going to cut two of them, and two of them, like, they could go somewhere and be good. You just never know. When you look at the way the Bills construct their roster since the McBean era has been in place, they typically have three pure running backs on the team, plus a, a special teamer, maybe a fullback. Mm-hmm. Last couple of years, they've had, had a fullback, Reggie Gilliam, is on the team for the foreseeable future, without a doubt. Yes. So this is fitting exactly in line with what the Bills did. So clearly they're going forward with Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and uh, your boy James Cook there. Yep. One of them is most likely, okay, if they do it the way they've done it in the past, one of them is likely to be inactive on game day. With this trio, I think they're all active. What about Tawan Jones? What about him? Will he be active? Of course he will. Okay. Well, he that's four running backs. That's why you was like, what about him? That's four running backs. Then. Does he even count? He's a running back? Well, officially on the depth chart he is, but he doesn't <laughs> actually play running back. I, I think he's had like 12 offensive snaps in the last two years with the Bills. Well, what, what I'm trying to say is who's going to be the running back that's going to be on the practice team then? Because you're going to have four active running backs, so who who's going to be the who's going to be on the scout team? Who's going to be the practice guy? Mm, right. That's what I'm trying to figure out. So clearly, they'll have to have a running back on the scout team or the practice squad, right? That's why I'm like, if you say Taiwan Jones, he's he's essentially the third back, and you know he's going to be active because he's special teams. So in my mind, either James Cook or Zach Moss won't be active. That's all. That's what I'm thinking. But okay. I don't know if our listeners was feeling it, but that's what I'm thinking. Probably because your third back, your third back is basically like an emergency guy, and that's Taiwan Jones. So you stick him in third. So it's between Moss and Cook. If uh, Singletary starting, right? I just can't see them not having James Cook active. But can he play special teams? I don't know. Well, he seems to be a bit of a return man, right? Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah, that so, that could be his that could but, be his path. But are you gonna are you gonna not have your second round pick active on game? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, the past couple of years, I haven't had any problem deactivating Boogie or AJ Epinesa. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you you can make the team. You know, making the team and then getting on the field for. This coaching staff seems to be completely separate. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I wouldn't. Go ahead. I, feel, I feel like it's a lot of excitement. I would say it's different. Is I think it's a lot of excitement and expectation for James Cook, where that wasn't for Epinesa and Boogie. That's all. I don't think yeah. you know. Boogie had a good preseason. He was like, oh, he's looking better than uh than uh, the first round pick. You know what I'm saying? So uh, right. I don't. Uh, Greg Rousseau. Oh, Boogie had. But when they all came down, said and done, once the bullets started flying, <laughs> Greg Rousseau was out there and Boogie was inactive. Right. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I just think it's positionally is different. That's all. And let it be noted that it was reported by Tim Graham that the Bills were absolutely unwilling to listen to trade offers for Zach Moss. So they believe in him. And I think you have to when you consider that this will be Devin Singletary's final year before becoming a free agent. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it works out. Are, are you reading tweets over there? I know. I'm just thinking about it. I, I'm listening <laughs> what you because it kind of goes back to what I was thinking. We shouldn't have never took James Cook in the beginning. If Zach Moss, and, and that's only, and I'm, and I know you say, well, you didn't say that back door to drive. You like the pick, but now that I know that Zach Moss was hurt last year and seeing him in the preseason this year, if I would have known that he was looking like that last year because he was hurt, then it's different. Then now it's like we, James Cook is like an expensive like gadget. Like I don't need it, so we could have used that second round pick on something more valuable that we need. I got to say, though, I think that it's something that the team needs from the perspective of they needed another explosive player. And Singletary and Moss are, they have good vision, they have good contact balance, but they're not explosive. So do you think James Cook is going to take our running game or and our passing game to another level this year? This year, don't don't say two, three years from now. I'm talking about this year because we're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. Because when I look at that, I'm looking at we could have got an offensive lineman that could have been a plug and play this year. I get the question, but I don't think you can build a roster by simply looking at the season ahead. They're clearly planning on letting Devin Singletary walk after this year. Okay. And I guess we're making plans for it a year early. I just, once again, man, and, and, and we're going to talk about offensive line, but could you have got a second-round pick that's better than Quisenberry or Ryan Bates? Or you could have got a center that's going to replace Mitch Morris next year. That's all I'm saying. So That I, 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 I think I you could know. have. That's, that, that's how I look at it. It is an indictment on James Cook. I think he's going to be great. But I just feel like the way – and I'm – I'm not. I'm not questioning Brandon Breen. I'm just. I just feel like second round pick, dude. You can get a starter there, and it'll be almost a can't miss. Get the best lineman available and stick him in in our line. You also have <laughs> to keep in mind, though. Don't forget the Bills kept trading back. Without them trading back, could they have benefited from all of those sixth round picks that they accumulated? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. quite possibly. So do look at it this way. They needed to trade up to get Khalil Shakir, and they did use one of those sixth-round picks in order to do it. So it's not in a vacuum necessarily. And don't be and don't be uh, dumping on six-round picks, man. That corner from from Villanova, six-rounder, wasn't he? Yeah, man. Yeah, Christian, Christian Bedford. And Bedford. look how he looking. <laughs> looking like a starter. Look how he looking. So, you know, yeah, a six-round pick, yeah. If you know how to draft, you can help. I'm glad to hear that you weren't hell-bent on keeping Raheem Blackshear. Why is that? Because you know I'm always about the the running the fifth-string running back. Well, you know, I think it's just so many people became so dogmatic about a player that never had a path to making the roster and then have been shouting from the hilltops about how the team has 
made such a mistake letting him go. You, you can find running be, backs out yeah. there. You thought I was going to be one of those people. I like him. I think the kid could play. It's just I don't care. We got three running. We got four running backs. So, well, the the thing is, Newt. I I know you have a soft spot for certain players, and I don't always know who that player is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so you just assume it's going to be one per year, huh? See, Jamie, what you don't understand, because Jamie always tells this story about how I was rooting. What was, man, who was that quarterback? I was always rooting. I wanted to see him play. Oh, Vince Young. <laughs> no, it wasn't Vince Young. Brian Brom. Brian Brom. I'm like, <laughs> we would show up at the sports bar, man, and we get whooped. And I'm like, man, put in Brian Brom as we're drinking our beers and stuff, crying over another loss. I want to see the back. I'm not like that anymore. Because you know why? We're winning. I don't care uh, who the okay. backups are. When you when you I'm spending all this money at the bar every week. My kids was little. I'm just trying to get out the house and get some sanity, get some grown-up conversation. And we're coming every week, knowing we're gonna get our teeth kicked in because we're going six and ten every year. And it's like, okay, entertain me. I want to see the backup running back. I want to see the backup quarterback. Give me something different. Like I, and, and I do that even when I'm coaching. I'm like, man, when you get whooped. Let everybody play, man. Don't don't just leave your start. Let everybody get some film so we can see how bad everybody is. And maybe you'll get a guy that'll spring an 80-yard run or something. Or you get a guy that'll throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. You never know. Entertain <laughs> me. But it can get worse if you put in guys like Brian Brom. Well, let everybody get it. Let everybody because now, because now on the radio, you're gonna be like, well, well, maybe we got something Brian Brom. Well, let's see. Let me see, man. Sure, all this money I'm spending. And you kept saying the same thing. We gotta find out what we got. We and I'm like, I'm pretty sure the coaches know, dude. <laughs> I, well, I wanna see that gummit. It makes me okay. feel good. Because it ain't nothing else to see here. We getting whooped. Yeah. So now, so that's what makes it different. You haven't heard that guy in like five or six years. Because <laughs> we're true. winning now. I don't care who the third running back is. I could care less. Do you we're remember <laughs> how upset people used to get over like the bottom five guys on the roster not yes. getting on the field, or yes. they cut this guy and kept this other? And I'm like, guys, yes. this team is so bad that every year we let go of a starter. Who never plays in the NFL again? Ever again, right? Exactly. So you are upset because the number fifty-two guy on the roster isn't getting on the field, and you think that's what's going to make the difference. I will never forget the guy who sat there arguing with me just <laughs> emphatically about the Bills' offense would be better if they would just get Naaman Roosevelt on the field at receiver, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, so no offensive line, no quarterback, but this guy is going to be the the thing that makes the oh, offense hum. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're letting all out. Oh, this is awesome, man. I love the shows. We're two years in, and you get to see, like, com- dude, these used to be the conversations we have at the bar, bro. We yes, this is every week. <laughs> this is because and we can't say it enough, man. Towards the end, if it's a six and ten year, 
them last couple of weeks in December, man, it's only like the six or seven of us, the same people, bro. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Breakfast Club. We were all different, all national. <laughs> like, we just come together and we all just migrated and start sitting together. But we became lifelong friends, man. Of we course we sat together. There was no one else to sit with. <laughs> <laughs> they used to close the rest of the bar, the other parts of the bar down. You know what I'm saying? Because we all like used to sit at different places. And then towards the end of the year, because at the beginning of the year, it used to be packed. Okay. Mm-hmm. It'll be packed out and there's nowhere to sit. And then so as we start losing December, September, October, November, by December, man, them last four games, it's just us in there. You know what I'm saying? We all just sit together and we just be talking about <laughs> <laughs> the backup to the third. We want to see something different. These are the conversations we had because we were not winning. Right. And what then about the, the frustration point? conversations begin where you get <laughs> unbelievable statements like our boy Seth going, Kyle Williams sucks. Kyle Williams sucks, dude. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just screaming about how Kyle Williams sucked. Dude, and his point was simply everybody on the roster Everybody sucks. sucks. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude, you're crazy, man. Kyle Williams cold. He, he looked at me in disgust like, man, like, man, Kyle Williams sucks. But I get it, man. He mad, dog. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I understood. It's just funny, man. It's frustration. I like it much better this way where we know Players are going to be pulled off of the practice squad and people are going to be poached from the roster after they're cut and they're going to succeed. From all accounts, Rashad Wild Goose, the cornerback who the Bills drafted last year and put on their practice squad, is showing out pretty well in Jets camp this year. Mm -hmm. You know what? It's going to happen. Could they use him this year? Yeah, probably. But is he necessarily better than Cam Lewis? Well, last year he may not have been. And what they needed was somebody who could contribute last year. Right. They need people who can contribute this year on the team because they're Super Bowl favorites. They cannot hold a guy on the roster because they think he might be good in three years. Right. That's just, that's not how you do it when you are playing to win today. And that's where the Bills are. Right. And this is a good place to be. And this is the last couple of years is way better than the other ones, but it's just funny to identify the different conversations. Yes. We'd be talking about the draft dude in October. Well, look like we're <laughs> gonna be getting the top ten. Who you want in the draft? We start talking about college stuff. Yeah. I would start rooting for losses because I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, oh, man, that was a tough loss. But, oh, now they, they just dropped from like th- uh, 13th to now they would have the eighth overall pick. And you're like, dude, it's not even November. Yep. <laughs> We'd be arguing. Dude, you remember we used to argue about whether we should just lose on purpose, bro. And then you had people who was like, man, no, man, I don't care. We never lose. And then you had some people like, ah, forget that. I want the number one pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We used to be arguing about those things, bro, during the game. Dude, when the Bills <laughs> when the Bills began 0-8, I was 100% on board because that was going to be the Andrew Luck draft. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half of the season, those idiots went 500 and won yep. four games. Won four games. Yep. But I, I know I've told this story before. They won game number nine, and the bar broke out chanting, we're not Detroit. We're not Detroit. And that is one of the greatest moments of my (laughs) Bills fandom, is the chant, we're not Detroit. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. 
so crazy, dude. Is there anything left regarding the roster that you wanted to touch on? No, man. I mean, everything else pretty much fell how we thought it would fall, I think. Uh, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I don't care who's the number 52nd person on the team. Dude. I mean, I could care less. I mean, I'm more matter. concerned. The um, only thing we're looking at is that Jadavious White, is he going to start on, you know, the pub list or how are we going to handle that? And then also the elephant in the room, man, we're looking for a punter. We're looking for a punter. Yes, that is going to be the final piece of the puzzle, the punter. So um, that'll work itself out. I guess that's your way of not talking about it. Yep. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) You ain't going to talk about it. I ain't going to talk about it. Once again, you see, we don't script. We just go off the top, and we didn't even talk about it. I didn't even know. I I thought that's what we were going to leave with. So when you start talking about the roster, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll wait for the end. And I was like, okay, let's sign off, Newt. (laughs) (sighs) Do you want to touch that? I'll touch it. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll be, I will be politically correct and touch it. How about that? I will touch it, not with new gloves, you know, but with poli- politically correct gloves. How about that? Okay. Let's look at the timeline, all right? Let's, okay, let's look at the positive thing. One thing I can say, when Thursday the story dropped about Ariza um, and the uh, – sexual assault uh, case, uh, civil case, I'm happy what I read on Twitter. You called me and we talked about it. I was happy to see that Bill's Mafia was like, get rid of this guy. No way. What's the, you know, so that that lets me know that Bill's Mafia has some sort of moral compass. Yes, yes. That's that's a very good point. That felt good because a lot of people was trying to come at us was like, well, you all said this about the, uh, about Watson. So we'll look at you all. And it's like, no, everybody to a man was like, get rid of the guy. And at the very end, some people was like, throw him in jail. And I was quite surprised. I was quite surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. I feel bad for the kid. Um, my question is this, I, I, and I sent you the uh, L.A. Times article mm-hmm. uh, depicting the timeline and, and the facts that we know, all right? So a 17-year-old girl, and this is what I didn't understand, so lawyers, if you're listening to this, please hit us up on Twitter. What I don't understand is how is this not a criminal case? Because uh, I have the answer. Okay, go ahead. It's still being vet- investigated, and... um needs to be passed along to the DA to make a decision on whether or not there's enough, whether or not there is enough evidence to prosecute. But it seems as though they are moving that direction. It's just investigations take time. Almost a year? Because this young lady, absolutely, according according to this young lady, she reported it the very next day. And this was last middle of October. This is going on almost a year. So that the timeline is is quite surprising, but what we do know is not speculation. What we do know is the young lady, um, the accuser, is seventeen years old. Right, right. She's seventeen, right. So I don't see where the gray areas with that. And <laughs> right. so 
my thing is though, and nobody's asking this. And once again, people say, well, new, don't you got a daughter? And I'm like, you daggone right. I have a daughter. And my first question is why is my daughter, 17 year old high school daughter drunk at a college party? She showed up drunk. They had intercourse in out. What I understand. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong outside. Okay. Then he brought her inside where a couple of his teammates, okay, allegedly raped her. And it is rape because I looked up the definition. If you're drunk, it's considered rape. And it's yep. also rape the fact that she's 17. So yep. that's th- those things are facts. So, yes, that it, it is rape. Because I was like, why y'all saying it's rape? It's all. And then his mom and dad's like, well, you're, you're innocent, proven guilty. No, those are the things we know. Because the young lady called him a couple of days later and he admitted to it. He admitted mm-hmm. to it and said, You need to go get yourself checked for STDs. And then he was, and then she was like, because you know it's a script when you're trying to get set up. It's right. Up. And she was like, So you're telling me that you had sex with me. And then he was like, Wait, hold on, what? No, 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 no. I didn't say that. No, I don't even know who you and, are. And now. then he hung up the phone. And then he hung up the phone. Yeah. So we pretty, and once again, this is called a public opinion, but we pretty much know if you went to college, you pretty much know what this is, right? So I'm just right. surprised that it wasn't criminally. So now it makes me feel like that this is some kind of cover up. And you know what I mean, my conspiracy theories. Well, uh, let me speak to that. Okay, go ahead. So it is very, very difficult to get a enough evidence in a sexual assault case to go to trial. The the threshold is much higher because they seem to be very uh very consumed with protecting the accused. So the reason her attorney began publicly litigating this may have been to try to push the DA along. They may have been after a criminal trial the entire time, but merely went with the civil case in order to bring their evidence or what they claim to be evidence out into the public and on record. That that may have been part of it. Now, I want to say the only thing I would say about this whole thing is you... If you pay attention to social media, you find out in in a hurry who does not understand the difference between law and consequences. Okay. Yes, you are innocent until proven guilty. But that does not mean that there aren't consequences for being involved in that situation in the first place. And in this case, he was involved in a situation they may not be able to prove in court that he had sex with her, that um, he was part of anything else that was happening. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have to deal with the consequences as being part of it outside of what happens in a courtroom. So law is you get a trial, you are assumed innocent until there is a preponderance of evidence against you, and then a jury of your peers decides you are guilty and what your punishment is going to be. This is the exact same thing is when somebody works for whatever company, say it's, I don't know, Disney, and they say something stupid out in public. And Disney says, you know what? 
we don't want to be associated with you because you say stupid things out in public. You're fired. And then people start screaming, you're you're taking away his First Amendment right. No, you cannot take away someone's First Amendment right. Only the government can take away someone's First Amendment right by by punishing a person for by creating a law against them or throwing them in jail because of something they said, one private citizen cannot take another private citizen's First Amendment right away from them. That's just called consequence. And this is the same thing. This is a consequence. He shouldn't have put himself in that situation. He did. He was cut from the team. Consequence. The most impressive thing you just said was preponderance. That is incredible, man. (laughs) That is incredible. I'm with you, man. No, I, I totally agree with everything you just said, man. Um, I can't wait to edit this because I feel like I probably just sounded like an idiot, but because I was just riffing without thinking about what I was going to say next. No, I think you sound great. Ah, thanks. I think you sound wonderful, man. So that's why we started. It's about four o'clock on the East Coast. So we got about 20 minutes before uh, all the cuts need to be in. So that's why we usually do it in the morning, but we wanted to push it back. So we can give you up to the minute date and on uh, the roster moves and stuff. So I haven't seen anything else come in. So, But now somebody has to go to the dentist. Yeah, I do. (laughs) I got 20 minutes. I know they're about to beat on the door. My wife don't like to be late. So, Uh, yeah, man. So uh, I can't wait. College football week one, we had week zero last week, and uh, it was good to see college football this week. And this week, Notre Dame goes to Ohio State, so I'll be on my couch watching and hopefully the best. Man, we're 18-point underdogs, so we'll big see game. what happens. Yep, so it'll be a couple of good games this week. And then next week when you hear us, we'll be getting ready for uh, Thursday night against the Rams. Wow. I was certainly hoping Aaron Donald would get suspended because he was swinging them helmets in that scrimmage. Except I was praying won. for it. I know. <laughs> no way the NFL is going to take action on that. No way. They were like, oh, we can't control what happens in practice. Yeah, okay. I know, right? <laughs> you just don't want your biggest star and miss one of the biggest games of the year. They'll so. fine and suspend anybody from for any reason off the field. But, oh, nope, not that no, one. He got to play. He got to play. We got to get the number. So enjoy your week, Bills Mafia. Hey, hey. <laughs>